I don't know if my clap was loud enough. <laughs> uh, I heard something. You okay? Okay. Uh, hello, hello, and welcome to uh, Shoot the Piano Player, a French New Wave podcast. I'm your host Spencer, and uh, Joel is not here. He, I have no dumb jokes that for this one. He uh, work out in a way, and he said, "Go ahead." So, um, this is the second half of one of the 1967 pairings, I think. And this, uh, the, and this is the Italian movie for it. And uh, because it's my show, I decided I want to talk about this one Tinto Brass movie that I have seen a couple times. And luckily, I found uh, a guest who also wants to talk about this movie. It's uh, uh, LB uh, Grump uh, from Grump Hire. <laughs> LB the Grump. Hello. Hello. Um <clears throat> Well, first, thank you for picking Deadly Sweet because uh, I was I was really disappointed that no one uh, picked it, and uh, I I consider taking it off, but uh, uh, yeah, that's it. Just you know, I I, I was uh, by the time you picked, it, I was like, oh, thank God, I want want to share with someone. It's such yes. a fascinating movie. Yeah, it's really great. Um. You know, Tinto Brass is, like, not exactly someone that, uh, you know, people... And, you know, I hate saying this phrase. People don't talk about him enough. But, like, he kind of people don't talk about him enough. And especially women don't talk about Tinto Brass enough. But I think there's a reason for that. But uh, I can't wait to get into the reasons why I disagree with those reasons. So, well... Hmm. We'll we'll get there, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Uh, okay. So first, um, what uh, what's your history with Italian film, Italian movies, or like can can you remember the first Italian movie you ever saw? Um, I want to say Danger Diabolic, maybe uh, something like okay. that. You know, I like. Um, you know, I'm an American, so I don't really have like a full scholarship on uh, foreign cinema um you know like here and there there are little things that i've picked up mostly french you know most of the foreign cinema that i watch is is french no 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 i mean other than like japanese horror but like Mm -hmm. as far as like serious cinema i guess you can say in quotation marks um I, i mostly watch the frenchies so um, I don't know, like I, I uh, Italian cinema, you, you know, you might have to like tell me a little bit about it, you know, obviously um, other than like Jallos or whatever, but um, yeah. I, so, but uh, um, <laughs> uh, I was looking up one of the movies you picked for later on because mm-hmm. I thought uh, one of the cast members, I thought Jean Louis. I'm learning French now. I'm still not sure how to say his last name. Jean-Louis Trenton Young? Something like that. Oh, I'm I thought terri- he was in Jules and Joe. Oh, but, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm terrible at French pronunciations as well. So, um. And he is not. But you picked two movies with Jean-Louis in them, which <laughs> makes me wonder, is there a reason? Are you a Jean-Louis super fan? <laughs> no, it's just a happenstance honestly so um oh, okay yeah the the movies that were uh left over from 
from you know everyone else got their their first picks and i'm not saying this like in a resentful sort of way or anything because you know i I, i'm still willing to talk about anything but um uh yeah it just happened to be that way but uh i I do think he's a cool actor um he seems he seems really nice uh well i mean (laughs) it's not like i know him personally or anything but um uh his persona on screen it he seems like a very genuine person and like some of the things that he's done like it shows a, a willingness to be you know comical as well as serious so um i think he's really cool and i heard that he used to date brigitte bardot so i mean that's got to count for something yeah well uh, bardot now is gone real right wing it's like oh it's kind of disappointing <laughs> As you see some of the shit she has said over the past few years. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, whatever. It happens. Yeah, it does. Like, (laughs) uh, I don't know. Like, I I love action movies, but a lot of action movies are fundamentally, like, right-wing and conservative when you kind of Really, yeah, really jingoistic. And, (laughs) yeah, I know. I know. I like but, Brigitte uh, Bardot. Like I, I'm gonna like her forever, just because she has a gap in her teeth, and I have a gap in my teeth. Uh-huh. So I feel like we're kindred spirits. Like, I mean, politics aside, I can still, you know, she's my homie. <laughs> gap, yeah. my gap teeth told me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I never really knows, <laughs> never really knows that on her, but. <laughs> yeah, God, it's that's a little bit pervy, but who cares. <laughs> it's Cinto Brass is going to happen. Right. <laughs> but, uh, from, uh, I, I mentioned our first Italian movie, uh, when we did, uh, La Strada. The first Italian movie I ever saw was Campbell Holocaust. Oh. A movie that I fervently fucking hate. Yeah. Because uh, it's racist and shitty, and there's no real reason. For. Like I like sleazy shit, but like uh-huh. cannibal movies is my limit of. We don't need to do this. Yeah, um, it's. I can understand like what they were trying to do. Like they're trying to be subversive and be like, oh, the real horrible people are us, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, I but. I just I can't agree with the the means to that end. So um, yeah. yeah. And. And you have stuff, and, but like even before that, you had like Goodbye Uncle Tom, which mm. I'm not sure if you if you do you know about that movie. And you know, I've heard a little bit of it, but I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm not fully in the know. Oh, it's like um, the found footage Campbell Holocaust type thing, uh-huh. but instead it's a um, it's an Italian movie, and they go back to the slavery era in America on a plantation. And mm-hmm. it's very uh, misguided, but interesting uh-huh. in trying to be like, like, uh, like subversive and trying to like show like what it's really like and be. It's a, it's a weird movie that I can't recommend honestly, <laughs> but uh, it 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 sure is an experience of like only in the seventies could, could uh, was this allowed to be <laughs> allowed to happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, so um, uh, what's your history with t- with Tinto Brass? Like, do you remember how you first heard of him? 
Um, well, I, I knew that he had done Caligula for a long time, you know, um, and, you know, the history of Caligula is notorious. It's, yeah. um, I know that he did not ag- agree with how Caligula ended up. Um, so uh, that's really like the, the thing that put him on my radar was like, okay, um, so... here's this, uh, you know, kind of exploitation pornographic movie or whatever, but like the director is not cool with it. So like, why? Um, then, uh, I think, I think that that goes into the reason why I really like Tinto Brass is, Hmm. um, so he has a reputation for, for doing sort of smutty things or n- not really smutty so much as just like, you know, just erotica. Um, the male gaze is very present in a lot of his films. Like he, he really appreciates the female form, um, certain, yeah. uh, you know, certain well, parts well, of it more than yeah. others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to counter that. Have you seen Salon Kitty? I have not. Like that's the one that I really haven't seen. Um, uh, uh, I've I've never been able to get a hold uh, of it, really. But uh, there's a Blu-ray out there. It's all region that uh-huh. is depending on where you buy it from. I think it's out of print, but mm-hmm. I found it for a decent price. But uh, that movie has equal. But one, it's a weird, cool, fascinating movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, but al- also there's a lot of equal gaze of like boobs and butts and uh-huh. penises oh, okay and there's a lot of naked men all naked women and it's uh-huh. like it, watching it's like oh this is what caligula was supposed to be yeah 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 <laughs> so caligula was supposed to be more of a commentary on like the uh how power corrupts individuals um of course there is some of that in the movie you know you you see um uh, the the Caesar Caligula, um, you see what it uh, being the 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 emperor does to him and those around him, and it's really awful and cruel, and um, makes me feel really really bad, <laughs> like really bad. Um, and then the you know the 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 porn that was added in the like straight up porn that was added just um kind of makes it worse you know like like i'm not anti-porn at all i am like completely sex positive but um those those scenes that were added in just like completely take away from um what tinto was trying to do um and it's just feels gross you know like (laughs) there's that thing that's going around on uh online a lot lately of like Mm -hmm. sex scenes don't add anything to the movie why is there any sex scenes and i'm always like you're an idiot but then you know (laughs) you watch caligula and you're like why is this here (laughs) so like there's a little bit of a point to that yeah but but with that it was bob guccione who found Uh the penthouse right it's like right oh of course that guy would ruin that yeah yeah and they, these people are all beautiful and, and everything but like oh, it's just it's a bit much um there are you know it's equal opportunity um you know 
penis and vagina in the film. That's fine. I support mm-hmm. that. I support penis in movies. But <laughs> so, uh, yeah, maybe uh, maybe I'll try to get a hold of Salon Kitty um, or try harder to get a hold of it. Because, uh, I, yeah, I've heard that it's pretty good. So I, I do need to see uh, it. It's very... Um... Uh, it, it does one of the things I usually hate, but like it provides a context for it. There's on-screen mm-hmm. animal death in oh. a slaughterhouse, mm-hmm. but it's done in a way where it's like trying to show you like the Nazis were awful people, mm-hmm. and it's like it's, it serves a purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's not like like it's not, it's not like cannibal holocaust where it's like it's so 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 the fake violence looks real, whatever. Right. Which I don't believe that for a second. In this right. case, it's like oh oh no, it's a slaughterhouse and it's pigs. And I get the metaphor you're trying to make with the Nazis here. Right. Right. It's brief, but like it really did catch me off guard. It's like, ugh, Mm. I didn't need to see that, which Mm -hmm. is kind of the point of why why it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I'll I'll be on the lookout for that. But like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, yes, thank you for the preparation. Um, So, uh, Tindo's later career, um, when he gets into more of the erotica or whatever, you know, I was talking about the the male gaze, where he, like, kind of goes specifically more into um, his appreciation of, of the female. Um, what I really like about Tinto is that he does this in such a way that it doesn't feel like he is exploiting these women. Um, it doesn't in a way that you know that he's actually very much admiring these women, that he has um, a lot of respect for them in a, like, um, he just adores them, you know, and, like, Mm. they have a sort of power over him um, in that way. So it's like this, like, loving uh, gaze, I guess you can say. But um, so that's what I really like about Tinto, actually, because, like, it's kind of like there's this sweetness to watching him film butts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, and other things. Um, have you seen uh, All the Ladies Do It or All Ladies Do It? No, that's one I couldn't get a hold of in time. I watch. <laughs> I tried to watch the Amazon cut of mm-hmm. Frivolous Lola and uh-huh. is dubbed and it's driving me insane. Oh. I watched like maybe 20 minutes but i can only say like uh it, it if like it felt like a real felt like this other movie that i've seen it had that great editing style it felt like had just like the sweetness you're talking about mm-hmm. it is like pervy and fun mm-hmm. also like you know but it's also like you know, it's very sexual because it's tinto and yeah that's that's his thing right there's a difference and you know like when i think about um stuff that's maybe contemporary of tinto um or or i don't know maybe not contemporary exactly but like i think about stuff like benny hill you know where it's it's Mm. these women who are uh you know buxom and they're just running around and giggling and doing stupid stuff and um being chased by men or whatever that stuff not interesting to me whatsoever but if Tinto was doing it, I'm sure it would be. <laughs> yeah, he'd have some commentary to make. Yeah. Or be shot in a way it's interesting. Right, right. So, um I just think he's a cute old man. Like really like 
I I would probably like to hang out with Tinto and have a cigar with him. Um <laughs> the the yeah, one uh, no. no. No, go ahead if you want. No. But um I think it also should be noted that Tinto now his memory is not what it used to be. Mm. And uh, he had a stroke last year, and 10 years ago he had an intracranial hemorrhage, which is still bleeding in the brain. Mm -hmm. So uh, health-wise, like the last decade has not been great for him, and he's almost 90. Mm -hmm. But uh, so, uh, uh, like he, that that the, the hemorrhage happened around the time his last movie was completed, and I'm pretty sure by now, like he, he he's done. I, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't think he's gonna be making any more films. But so deadly sweet though is from the late '60s, and you know most of the stuff that we were referring to like came or that I was referring to. I know Salon, Salon Kitty was around the same time, but. Um, his later career is what I was really referring to um, with most of the butts and stuff. But um, Deadly Sweet is almost completely different than anything else that he did. Yeah, it, it's very much like a. I mean, I don't mean this as a slight to it at all. I really like this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, it's very of its time. Mm hmm. And you get a real glimpse of, like, this is what 60s London was like if you, yeah. like, lived in a certain part of it. And I find it really charming. And I was, uh, I was like, the, and uh, I was watching this movie, this is, like, the fourth time I've seen it. Like, the first time, I didn't get it. I, I, mm-hmm. I just was like, I don't understand any anything's happening. <laughs> and, but, and now I, I've seen more. Well, more I'll get to, like, uh, I'll bring up this point later on but I've seen Breathless mm-hmm. uh, and now it's like oh it's kind of his take on Breathless and him like making fun of Godard in a certain way right right um Breathless uh, yeah the, the the French films the Godard for sure um uh, and definitely referencing um Blow Up a lot so you know and Antonioni mm-hmm. was a heavy influence I think um but but this movie but Stella Sweet is so interesting and Antonioni is so slow and boring. Yes, I know. Okay, so this afternoon I I watched Deadly Sweet again with the the commentary on, and then I was like, you know, I haven't seen Blow Up since I was in college because I, I took this college course for an English credit that was like British pop culture. So um, that was the first time I had seen Blow Up. And, uh, well, apparently the only time until today. <laughs> and uh, I didn't remember it being so slow and boring, but it is very slow and boring. You're right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like, huh. But and Tony um, Oni is, is the one as the one director this season. I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to watch movies. <laughs> but I kind of have to just to yeah. work because I if I don't like it so much, I should probably examine why I don't. Right. And uh, as of now, one has been re- one of them has been released, uh, La Ventura, mm. which, uh, uh, 
if you when I, uh, people will know us, I don't talk very much on that episode. I don't have much to say. <laughs> You're just biting your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's okay. Right, um, Deadly Sweet though is um, really exciting. It's it's a brisk movie, like um, surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh it, and that has a lot to do with the editing um tinto was very much about like stylistic editing like he was uh or he said that where a movie gets its style is in its editing so um there's a lot of really cool stuff that he does in deadly sweet um or that he oversees anyway um, there's yeah. switches from color to black and white, which is not actually a stylistic choice. Um, it's a more, uh, pragmatic choice. Um, but it just happened to be very cool. Like, uh, he said that, um, the reason why the, the scenes cut to black and white is because he didn't have enough money to really light those scenes, uh, properly for color. So he just decided to make them black and white. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so that, that fooled me. I yeah, thought, uh, <laughs> I know. The first time I watched it, I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> what's the significant significance of this?" There is no significance. It's just a, a money thing. But it turned out really cool. <laughs> yeah, and uh, when watching Deadly Sweet this time with like, because uh, like this is one like every time I come back to it, I always discover something new. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always notice more less influences or similarities to other stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, with Deadly Sweet this time, I was like, okay, it's like Godard and Seiju and Suzuki and like Daisy's <laughs> uh, being like the main ones. Because this is yeah. the same year, I think, as uh, Branded to Kill, uh, which is Suzuki's just like mm-hmm. exercise. Like, it's just that's movie that's exercise in pure style and watching deadly sweets like like i don't know if that was the if uh brandon the kill was even out in uh, italy but it feels Mm -hmm. very similar Mm -hmm. and it's like it's this like uh this explosion of just like style with a nonsensical story where it kind of doesn't matter that the story doesn't make sense it's just all Mm -hmm. about like showing you like just cool filmmaking yeah And um, okay, so we probably get uh the the, the elephant to deal with the elephant in the room. Okay. So the lead actress, uh, you no, it's Swedish, so it's for like Eva. Eva is it Eve? Uh, uh, Ava. It's probably Ava. Okay. Because it's like um, it's a Germanic type of thing. Yeah, so like Ava, Ava Allen, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, uh, she was seventeen when she made this movie. Yeah, <laughs> which uh, which uh, uh, she is nude in two scenes, mm-hmm. and um, to be fair, I recently saw a movie from a couple years after this with underage nudity that takes it way farther than it ever mm-hmm. need to be and mm-hmm. seeing this is like well it's not as bad as that other movie <laughs> so really I kind of 
so I'm not that bothered by it. And I will not say what that yeah. other movie is because no one needs to know what that movie is. <laughs> okay. Okay. I can tell you when we're done recording if you're okay. curious. But. Oh, okay. No, that's why. Uh, well, you know, I mean, it's not an excuse to say it was 1967, but it was 1967. You know, things were different then um, in certain capacities. You know, Twiggy, the model Twiggy, she was 16 when she got her start. So, you know, younger girls. I mean, I don't I don't really know what to say other than. It, it's kind it's of a, yeah. uh, it's kind of unfortunate, but it's also kind of par for the course as well. But like that's not to say that it shouldn't be, you know. But yeah, it's uh, it's pushing things a little a little much. Yeah. But at the same time, like I, I've seen, I've seen so much worse. Yeah. So like at the same time, it's like well, but but it's like he's not focusing on her butt and like and stuff right. like that. What? So it's like it's. Also, she was a known like beauty queen, right? And probably did like photo shoots and modeling mm-hmm. uh, because like that's that's part of it. So she probably mm-hmm. was at least like comfortable doing like doing that stuff because mm-hmm. like like part like you know the part of the beauty pageant thing is like the swimsuit thing. So yeah, and if she like she like Miss Teen Sweden and uh, another thing after that. I don't mm-hmm. know much about the beauty pageant thing, but she was like what like the the like the number one in, in Europe at the time, so like wow. people would have known like exactly like she was uh, very famous already. Right, <clears throat> she was. This. She was a selling point, I guess. Um, well, it's not, you know, it's not shot in such a way that like it exploits her. You know, um, it it's a very natural the nudity. Um, it's you know it's really just kind of glimpses as well you know like you you see um you know a nipple here and there or that kind of thing which is not the worst like you were saying um so it's it's tastefully done but does it have to be there i don't know if it has to be there but um it's (laughs) yeah it's it's hard to really talk about (laughs) because, (laughs) because it's it's conflicting you know, because like on, on one hand, like you really you don't want to see um, young girls exploited. And on, on the other hand, like there is a, you know, a, a freedom and a, um, you know, if, if if that was she was fully aware of what she was doing and, you know, that's her choice. She's a young woman. You know, she's of her own mind. That's fine. You know, that's that's also empowering. And it was the late 60s when when nudity and things like that were very empowering to to younger people. So, you know, that was part of the culture. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, it doesn't like hurt me to see it, but um, you have to wonder, you know, it it just keep it within context, I guess. Yeah, like it. It made me think of Reiko Ika, who was a Pinky Violent star mm-hmm. in, uh, in Japan a couple of years after this, and she started doing nude modeling when she was fourteen because wow. she lied about her age, uh-huh. and she was like a very famous model before she did movies, mm-hmm. and it was it wasn't public knowledge that she was underage, and then when she did her first movie where she's a nude a lot because she is a nude model, mm-hmm. uh, it became a scandal. 
And, um, but you, so on one level, you can look at that as like, well, was she being exploited? Because she was kind of exploiting the system for herself right. for a couple of years already. Right. So, like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, this, like, it's just a murky thing of like, mm-hmm. You know, case by case, like, uh, I mean, Ava kept working, um, in, in movies for the next decade or so. Then she, I think, married like a, did she marry like a rich man and mm-hmm. retired and had kids? Mm-hmm. Lucky her, I guess. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh, um, uh, did you look up what her daughter, uh, who her daughter is, um, no. uh, with? Her daughter is the partner of the current prime minister of Italy. Oh, really? And they they have, I think, one or two children together. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but uh, into the podcast "Fragments of Fear," which is all about Shalom movies, and a recent episode they talked about Ava, and her life is very fascinating. Really? Yeah. Uh, episode, I think for they one of them, I think it was one from December. Last December, the, there's a whole block about like her life and uh, yeah, she's just a very fascinating person and she's hmm. still around. I don't think she'll ever appear on any like uh, Arrow DVDs, or Blu-rays, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think she's she seems kind of over it, but uh, yeah, she but uh. Yeah, like, she she turned out well. Like, her life <laughs> turned out fine. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, I'll have to keep that in mind to check that out. All right, but, um... Okay, so, uh... Okay, going back to Jean-Louis and the whole Breathless thing, mm-hmm. this feels like, um... Because, like, Breathless, when that happened, like, uh... Godard became like the coolest director of the time and John mm. Paul Valmondo became like the coolest like uh young actor of the time. Yeah. And watching this, it feels like uh uh, uh Tinto decided uh I'm gonna uh like decide he like he's like, Oh, I'm gonna parody this and instead casting like a young hunky guy, I'm gonna cast like an intense guy who's who's kind of short and not that tough <laughs> <laughs> instead of like uh john paul who who was a boxer mm-hmm. and like you know you, like in process you see him like uh like shirtless in bed and it's like and he has you know you look at his body he's like oh this guy's in shape and you see john louis in this movie and it's like oh you're just like a dude who's a little bit short <laughs> <laughs> yeah Mm-hmm. But uh, there's uh, and like this so down to like the the story, which is like uh, which is basically this guy um, Louis character follows this girl around and it's like this very stripped down story uh, done uh, edited in a very uh, fast way like press yeah. press and like this this so much of it just feels like just trying like not trying to copy Godard but trying to show up Godard and be like I'm the cooler version of you <laughs> which in, in all fairness Tinto is the cooler version is the cooler of the two because Godard is kind of a dork <laughs> you think it's a dork 
Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, just recorded one uh, an episode with like Gaston. Uh, he uh, who's more of an expert on on this type of stuff, and he said uh-huh. Godard is like the ultimate film dork. He's like Tarantino, basically. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Wow, yeah. Maybe I don't know enough about Godard because like I I have this picture of him just like always with a cigarette and sunglasses and being just really fucking cool. So yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. This is, a, <laughs> this is just one person's opinion that he's that he's kind of an, that he's not that cool. <laughs> okay. Uh wow. Uh well, I think maybe, um, uh, yeah, okay, maybe I should watch more Godard interviews. <laughs> anyway. I mean, Godard, like, never, I don't, I don't want to go down a Godard road like I do, like, every other episode. Right. <laughs> the people know, people will say, no, I'm not a big fan. I find, uh, I, he's more influential than he's good, in my opinion. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, part of this podcast is to figure out why do I not like Godard? <laughs> so far, I can't, I am still not 100% on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, I think he's kind of hit or miss anyway, but yeah, okay. We don't have to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. You'll be on at least four more times, so there, we have, uh, save it for another. Okay, I'll just I'll just watch like uh, in between times I'll watch like three or four Godard movies just to prep, and then, <laughs> um, so I can be like, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, I will I will only watch a Godard movies on the schedule and nothing else. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm good. All right. All right. So, how would you describe? Well, first off, do you think the title "Deadly Sweet"? is a good title for this movie um you know i didn't know what it was about like like why why that would be the title um i mean there there are several titles for this film like other than the italian title which i i am not even going to attempt to pronounce uh it's also known as i am what i am um but yeah like are are we are we going to spoil the movie? Or like, uh, does it matter? I don't think it matters. Okay. Um, some people are really uptight about that. So, um, yeah, it doesn't really make uh, sense on why it would be called Deadly Sweet until like you realize the end that the the lady is the killer. Yeah. So then which, you're, uh, you're which, like, oh. <laughs> which I I think also maybe because Ava was in the movie. A movie called Candy around this time mm. that apparently was a big hit. That uh, it's you know one of those many movies that at the time people went crazy over, but cut to fifty years later, no one really talks about it. I don't know much about it besides it was kind of a big deal. But like mm-hmm. I feel like maybe Deadly Sweet is just like it's a girl from Candy in a movie called Deadly like, Sweet, so uh, people would go see this based off of. Like, it sounds kind of similar. Right. They would have that association. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. 
because I am what I am. This makes it sound like it's a Popeye movie <laughs> or like or a compilation or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the Italian title translated as like with heart to mouth, which yeah is like I don't. It's still that, that, that doesn't make like, any sense. Still, I don't know, it has to be part of some like Italian uh, like like phrase or whatever. That's that's right. That uh, has no equivalent in English. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. I don't know what I would title uh, this movie. Like, if I had to come up with a title for it, I don't think I could, could really. Uh, Jean Lee plays a creep again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> again, like dot 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 again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and um, uh, yeah, and it's because it's kind of a jalo because it, it's mm-hmm. this is like in the first wave, which. Uh, it was a which is a Jalos I kind of I tend to like more like the pre Argento ones because mm-hmm. they're a little more weird they're a little more like uh, this like a, a murder mystery with like some weird quirky uh, like details or story plots or whatever yeah and this is like this is like you know tin, uh, this is like Tinto's take on like I'm gonna do Godard but in the form of this new Jalo thing mm-hmm. and uh. Uh, but like it's um uh oh going back to what I was earlier about it, it being a product of its time, you see all this pop art everywhere. Oh yeah, for sure. That I feel like would annoy some people if they're like if I don't know, I feel like this movie could just potentially really annoy certain types of people <laughs> because uh just how it's constructed and like all all the const- constant um cuts to art mm. and um and like, the, and like the batman tv show like um inserts that you get in the oh, fight scene right right yeah the 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 ode to the comic strip sort of bam splat punch whatever yeah and you even get in um in john louis apartment in this movie you see a batman comic strip blown up in the background mm-hmm or I think it's his apartment, but you see like some uh, comic book stuff all over the place. Yeah, he's got a Alfred E. Newman poster. Um, that's actually a cute part of the movie where um, the two thugs are coming after him. Which, by the way, I, did you know that uh, one of those guys uh, is? Oh, what is his name? The man who um, was the body for Darth Vader. David Prowse is that, oh. his, is that his name? That's he he a, just passed he passed away recently. Um, gosh, I have to look it up. I'm sorry. Darth Darth Google Darth Vader man. David Prowse, yes. <laughs> okay, was, if you go- the... if you Google literally Darth Vader man, it will come up with David Prowse. So, yeah. uh, so he was the taller, the taller one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the big guy, the Aryan-looking dude. Yeah, the big dude. Yep, <laughs> that's Darth Vader. Hmm. But um, th- th- I think that's the one a Clockwork Orange. She's the uh, bodyguard uh-huh. of like the guy in a wheelchair. Yeah. The carries him around. Uh huh. 
You know, Tinto was offered a clockwork orange. A clockwork, a clockwork orange. Where am I from? Um, he was offered to do a clockwork orange, but he turned it down for, I think, just like scheduling reasons. Hmm. So can you imagine a clockwork orange by Tinto Brass? I think I would have liked it more than the Kubrick one. <laughs> but uh, that's my favorite book ever. Uh-huh. So. And I don't like the Kubrick version very much for reasons I'm, I'm not going to get into because that can be a whole separate podcast. But to me, yeah. the, the it's like uh, the book means a whole lot to me. And yeah. I think the Kubrick one is a bad adaptation. I think Kubrick is only capable of doing bad ad- adaptations. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I agree with you on that. But um, I mean, it's a nice movie, I guess, but looks better i mean i can't yeah i just can't watch it anymore because for like for very personal reasons but uh oh yeah but uh oh yeah also going back to the breathless connection because uh you see um john lee get beat up a whole lot and like uh, uh he gets first he gets beat up by uh darth vader and then he gets tripped and uh like knocked out by the little person mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh there are a couple more and then he gets caught again by like uh Darth Vader and the the guy with the Hitler mustache yeah <laughs> and so like and so like uh, basically it's again taking like the whole like breathless Jean Jean Paul Bamondo thing is like but what if he's kind of a loser who can't fight <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> what me worry? <laughs> That's his mantra. That's such a great moment because I was thinking, like, huh? I wonder if he's gonna if they're gonna comment on that. <laughs> they commented on that. <laughs> yeah. There are some funny moments uh, in Deadly Sweet. Um. Actually, <laughs> I feel like a dork, like because I laughed out loud at um, when um, he first meets up with uh, the, the um, Ava's character uh, after after the the nightclub owner was murdered or you know whatever. They get into his car and he asks what her name is and she tells him Jane and then he says me Tarzan like I laughed out <laughs> loud at that and for no reason like like why <laughs> it's not that funny but I thought it was very very funny and charming so um there's yep. little little come, parts like that yeah it comes back later comes back yeah later <laughs> yeah totally that's such a weird scene like when he's on the drums like she's undressing behind the curtain and he's just playing the drums like a maniac, and then um, yeah, like as he gets hornier, like yeah. he drums even harder. <laughs> yeah, it's like hard. It's a, like erratic, and like you, you could be like, oh wow, this is definitely a metaphor for something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then it like you know he he swings down there with the Tarzan yell, and uh, it goes into like a direct reference from blowout or blow up blow blow yes blow up not blow out blow up okay um 
with the well, well blowout's the better of the two movies yeah well i would agree like i'm not even like a de palma fan but um i i do really like blow out right yeah um yeah so yeah it is a better movie but um uh i don't know like i i've never i've never rolled around in in paper I maybe would like, uh, would like to do that sometime that's one of those things like that like it it looks good on camera but like <laughs> uh like, like russ meyer mattress shot where it's like that's a cool cool can image but i'm sure for the actress it's very uncomfortable <laughs> yeah it's probably really scratchy yeah. and since Charles not here i don't have to explain what i mean when i say the russ meyer mattress image <laughs> Hi, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he'll. I don't know if he'll listen to this, but uh, <laughs> all right. So, um, does uh, does the plot make any sense to you? Um the the first time I watched it, no. Like it just kind of seemed like it was uh, a bunch of things happening in a row. Uh, the second time I watched it, it made a little bit more sense, but, um, still not exactly. And I, I don't know if that's because it's Italian or if it's just like not, um, very cohesive or if it has to do with like the, the editing, the quick edits and everything kind of maybe throws you off a bit with, um, a uh, style over substance sort of thing going on, but um, yeah, I I don't know. Like, I can't really tell you how the plot progresses. Like, even now, like having seen it multiple times, like I don't know um, how to explain it to you other than just just watch it. <laughs> um, yeah, because like basically, it opens with Ava's dad is murdered. Uh-huh. And they're identifying the body and then they go to a club after after going to the morgue yeah. as a family. Yeah. And and John Louis sees uh sees Ava who is 17 in a movie. They clarify like they she says I'm 17. Mhm. And he follows her around. Yeah. And uh, he seduces her and then uh, you found out that every time she's at, uh, she's somewhere where someone, somewhere that was like connected to, like uh, her family or something is murdered, mm -hmm. and that the end is like she killed all of them. But then you realize, a couple of those murders, it doesn't make logical sense when she did it. Right, right. But, but like the movie is so fun and breezy. It's like, oh, I don't really care that nothing really connects yeah it's just like oh, sorry you can talk oh no, no, no it's fine i you know i i totally i'm on board with that like it kind of just doesn't matter um you just go with it like i guess it's like um an, a slight exercise in suspension of disbelief like um because yeah like you were saying like it doesn't really you don't know like when she would have had the time to do that or you know um to be here and there because you know we see i guess it's maybe like when when he's off like getting in fights with you know 
of various types of henchmen. Maybe she's murdering. <laughs> um, uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. But um, it's really strange. Like, that opening part where they're in the morgue, like, I was confused because I was like, did I just, did I walk into the movie theater and miss, like, the, the, the first, like, six minutes of this movie? You know, like, that, that kind of thing where you show up late and you're kind of like, what? Like, it's in the middle? Um, it, like it felt, yeah. it felt like that to me because I was like, "Is there something missing?" Because it just starts. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, uh, I, I don't know. It's it, it's not like it's disjointed, you know. It it doesn't feel like you miss anything, you know. It doesn't feel like oh, there's a plot hole exactly. It's just kind of uh, glossed over, I guess. Yeah, it's it it plays like like you were saying on suspended disbelief. It's like playing off like the pure movie logic mm-hmm. of like, well, they're here now and they're talking about this, so therefore, blank happened. Although you know, if you examine it for more than five seconds, like, wait, no, that <laughs> didn't happen. <laughs> mm. Let's see. Um, Okay, I wrote down a bunch of questions. Uh, okay. when, when do you think she decided to kill him? Oh, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if there's like a specific moment that I can really pinpoint that maybe she would like just turn on him or whatever. Maybe she's just. Um, like it's just an an eventuality. Like she w- knew that from meeting him that he she would eventually kill him. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't have a good answer for that. I'm thinking like it must but, be when he walks in after she killed the club owner. I mean, I guess so. Yeah. She's, okay. Because she's like, oh well, there's kind of a. Win- <clears throat> And there's kind of a witness, so she's like, "Well, I guess I should I should kill him." But then he becomes basically a stalker. Yeah. I okay. guess again, yeah. I don't really. Again, it's like it's not very clear on <laughs> all the details. Yeah. Which, like, you could read this as like this older man stalks a seventeen-year-old girl that he tries. I don't know. I'd say she said she's she seduces him because he's kind of a loser. <laughs> as you'll see many times out the movie that he kind of sucks yeah yeah i don't know i guess you could read it that way that he's he's stalking her um but she doesn't ever act like she doesn't want him around yeah oh. which their their whole relationship also like the movie is like maybe two days yeah. one or two days so again it's just like uh, I mean it. It I keep saying is that it doesn't matter, but it's just kind of interesting to be like <laughs> to try to parse out. Because uh, watching is one thing, and then talking now is like, wait a second, uh-huh. I'm really realizing some things that don't don't connect. Yeah, yeah, and like this, uh, going off like a like it's a, like it's a very shallow, not subtle movie with like all the pop art stuff, mm-hmm. and then like uh. A favorite little moment for me in that, with that, is they go to the art gallery, mm-hmm. 
where the mom's lover was uh, was killed in the bathtub. Yeah. And uh, and there's like a a, a Target um, uh, art piece, and then a John Lee hits it and it moves around. So it's like, is he is Tinto trying to say he's a moving target, or is that just like a a cool moment with the art? Because like you see the art matching mm-hmm. like the story, right? Like, what, what's happening in the scene a lot. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm thinking too much into it or if it's just like that's just a cool moment of like John Louis decided just like to like hit a piece of of modern art <laughs> just for no reason, <laughs> right? Um, you know, I I probably would try to get more you know deeply into it. Um, if I had not found out that the black and white scenes were just a coincidence or not a coincidence but like um utilitarian sort of thing am i saying the right word (laughs) i know i know what you mean (laughs) you know like so um after finding that out i'm just kind of like i don't know if tinto actually like had it in mind to like make any of this like symbolize anything or like have any sort of like deeper (laughs) deeper context um like i really think maybe it was just about like just being cool and looking cool because you know a a lot of that pop art or you know the 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 art of the late 60s was kind of surface level you know people try to assign a deeper meaning to it but you know what is just a soup can you know like there's there's nothing that interesting about it except that like you know it's it's profound in this way but like yet it's really superficial at the same time um but that doesn't take away from its um uh what do I want to say here um like like it has um you know personal meaning I guess but like it just it seems to me like it is more surface level of just things that look cool like you know so I, I can't say that there wouldn't be any sort of like um you know mapping out of like this is gonna mean this and this is going to mean this or or whatever but like it it does seem a little bit like coincidence like like a happy coincidence that turned out to make something really neat looking yeah and uh uh, going back to the Sage and Suzuki thing I'm Mm -hmm. not sure if you've seen Branded the Kill or any of uh, but 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 like he also did he also did Tokyo Drifter right uh, yes. Okay, yes. And there are, like, a lot of stylistic touches mm. where, like, Suzuki would do the like, really outrageous moments of, like, fucking with, ha- like, the format of the screen mm-hmm. and playing with color and, like, black and white. And this mm-hmm. does a lot of similar stuff of... I'm, I feel like Tarantino may have seen this because you get a lot of, like... You get, like, the... In Jackie Brown and some other ones, you get, like, mm-hmm. the close-up of someone uh, ringing... Um, buzzing in on a apartment building right and this feels like a movie tarantino would have seen and thought was really cool because this movie is super cool mm-hmm. and like this and uh also because it's because godard-ish i feel like he would have probably seen this but uh i don't know but uh the but yeah back to but like there's just full these like 
superstars like close-ups and like um I don't know, fracturing the screen i never went to film school <laughs> uh like sp- like split screen stuff yeah like and uh uh i don't know it's, it's like again it's also it's a hard movie to talk to really explain because like it's so much of it is purely visual uh-huh there and like sound design oh yeah for sure for sure um, the, there are a lot of shots in this film where um, uh, I was just thinking to myself, Tinto, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, there's really, there's really um, uh, not a whole lot to be said other than that just looks cool, you know? Um, like you said, the kind of split screen type things are like, um, uh, he works a lot with mirrors. Um, like where the 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 camera will be showing the two actors in a mirror instead of like what you know yeah. what they're doing. Um, he do, he yeah. does that kind of stuff too, where like it's it's just very interesting and stuff like that definitely makes a, a duller story like pop out to you more or like more resident. You know, um, I, I have to go back and say you know I watched Blow Up again today boring visuals completely boring like there's just nothing Hmm. interesting about blow up like there's no uh, real zooming or anything like he just like pans around and um Hmm. you know sometimes there's like an aerial looking shot or whatever but like it's very boring uh, so, so Tinto, Tinto has a, a, a real eye for style, and and that's what uh, is what makes uh, Deadly Sweet especially so remarkable. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, this is uh, uh, my final uh, like um, Jean Louis uh, uh, Perry Breathless thing uh, because it, like. Uh, again, I, I told you before. Like this is like very unorganized, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> structure. That's okay. But, um, but uh, John Paul Bamondo, you know, like you see him in Breathless, and like mm-hmm. he's a ladies' man, and he right. he, he can pr- get like pray any woman he wants at that time, and see. In this movie, uh, John Lee is obsessed with trying to get the seventeen-year-old, probably because <laughs> like on some level, it's like. Well, she probably will fall for it because uh, she's young, which sounds like predatory. But at the same time, I kind of see him as like a predator because after he finds out she's 17, he's like, well, I guess I'll have sex with her now. <laughs> he does. <laughs> and it's weird. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, I, I guess. Yeah, I'm not trying to make you uncomfortable. It's just like it's just a weird thing that happens in the movie. Yeah, no, no, no. Like it's just like <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to, how to explain that. Like, um, I I don't really have a problem with it. <laughs> I guess I guess that's like the worst thing I could probably say. But like, um. To me, seven the difference in seventeen and eighteen is not that big, you know. Like it's it's really um, yeah. 
literally a number at that point. So like, as as long as as long as the 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 young lady has her wits about her, like I don't really have too much of a problem with with that whole ordeal. But you know, um, in some cases, like I mean, of course there are cases in which uh, men are more predatorial and take advantage yeah. of young women who may not have you know matured past you know uh, you, you know like you said case by case right so yeah. like i can't say that like it's 100 percent okay but like i'm i'm willing to look past it at that um specific <laughs> you know so yeah, yeah. I mean, i'm probably canceled now but <laughs> yeah. it's fine right <laughs> yeah uh um have you seen the movie that e- uh, ava and johnny lee made the next year together no i have not uh death laid an egg is a very different type of weird jalo uh-huh. It's it gets into science fiction territory. Oh, really? In one uh, very gross scene, and um, it uh, it's it, it's it's nonsensical and goofy, but in a different way. Uh, I recommend it. Uh-huh. Um, but you get you get John Lee being creepy in a different way in that movie, but he's a little more charming. Oh, he's pretty, hmm. well. I won't call him charming in this, but it uh, it's just kind of weird that they had back like they had back to back like Jalo's uh, <laughs> a year apart, mm-hmm. and uh, also um, watching this made me think of uh, uh, Trans Europe Express because mm-hmm. uh, that is playing with Jean Lee's um, persona. Yeah, because uh, by that point, I guess he was a big enough star, which that's the earliest movie. I, I, I imagine some of those movies aren't available over here, besides mm-hmm. like uh, "In God Created Woman," but uh, the and like this kind of plays with Sean Louis' persona, uh, kind of, sort of. But uh, yeah, we'll get more into that when we when, <laughs> right. you're, when you come back for yeah. Trans Europe Express. Yeah, which. I hope you do with a heavy lifting on that because I don't know how to talk about that one. Okay. <laughs> I watched it last week and it's like, I like it, but I, I, I feel stupid trying to explain it to anyone. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, I'll do, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll see what I can come up with. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I mean, it's an art BDSM movie. Uh uh-huh. Sort of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, have you read any uh, uh, Rob? No, what's his name? Elaine Rob Greeley books. He he wrote a couple like novels. Have you read any of them? No. No. Oh no! I'm sorry. Like I'm not a huge reader. I mean, I like no. to. I like to. I like the idea of being a reader. Um, and then I I put a bunch of books on my Amazon wish list. And people buy them for me, and then I read like two or three chapters, and I just don't go back to it. And it's not because I'm not interested. It's just like I just have a lot of problems finishing a book. 
so um mm. yeah sorry I'm not i'm not familiar with that but oh, i would i would love for you to explain it to me because I, I like knowing about books so oh um i bought one of his books but i haven't read it yet but uh I hear he's an acquired taste, which is why I've put it on the back burner for now. Mm, okay. Uh, okay. Blah. All right. So, would you recommend people uh, watch Deadly Sweet? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah. It's a really beautiful movie. Um, it keeps your attention. Uh, it's uh really there are a lot of great things about it and um not too many um bad things about it <laughs> um yeah. yeah i definitely would recommend it uh it's it's one that like doesn't get a lot of love and i think deserves more um j- just on like I mean, we've been talking this whole time about how it's just so stylish, but like, really, it is just so stylish. Like, I, I almost can't get over it. You know, it's sort of um, surprising in a way that it is so stylish. It's, but it's like, like, uh, what was it? Like, like it, it kind of, it's like that's the thing that like Satoshi Suzuki did so well, where it's like he realizes like well with the movie you can literally do anything Mm -hmm. and this is like you know just taking that to an extreme of like yeah you can it's a movie you can like do anything right and so he's like having fun with like the format of it yeah and it is very fun like it like throughout the whole thing it's really fun like uh, i mean you watch a godard movie and there's like one really fun scene and the rest is like you know (laughs) like you know the um, you know, like, like in weekend, there's the car crash thing, and like in you know, um, the the dancing part of of Band Apart, you know, like like oh, <laughs> that's Godard, right? Um, uh, yes, because <laughs> he because he's upset Tarantino named right, 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 right. That's true. That's true. Okay. Um, yeah. So like the rest of those movies from the period to me like are are mostly just kind of uh an exercise in staying awake and um this one deadly sweet is is really just um you you want to watch the whole thing yeah uh i recommend getting the dvd or finding it elsewhere and uh just watch the movie and uh i hope more also if if you only know tinto for caligula right uh watch watch this and his other movies just to see like caligula was was a fluke oh yeah for sure without his control for sure for sure oh man i really wish that that hadn't happened because it would have been such a better movie (laughs) yeah and there's a, a podcast i uh, I can't what's her name of, who one of the, the the hosts said like Tento just made porn and it's like no, it, which there's nothing wrong with porn but it's like you you're watching the movies for the wrong reason yeah yeah for sure like even his like erotica stuff like it's not 
Um, you know, it's it's more explicit than say like Skinamax. You know, like there is. Um, well, I mean, there are rules in place. Okay, so like when when it's penetration, it's not a real penis. Like it's a dildo. Um, most of the time, so <laughs> some yeah. sometimes they can get around it, but like, um, it's not. Um, it's not gross, you know, like it's not, it's not exploitation. It's just, um, it's just sex in a movie. Yeah. So it's fine. Yeah. He like, yeah, he likes butts and he mm-hmm. knew how to shoot butts in a way that's like artful. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Artful butts. Um, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> okay. Uh, and, uh, um, on Amazon, they have some of his other movies. Um, uh, Feverless Lola is dubbed and it has cut out like 40 minutes of it. Hmm. And uh, so I kind of want to watch the Italian version instead. Yeah. If it's like, if, there, if 40 minutes is cut, then it's Amazon. I kind of have an idea of what's being cut out of it. I want to see like the actual Tinto cut. Yeah. Yeah. And um, um, this one called Attraction. That was di- distributed by Radley Metzger, who was a director. I, I haven't seen enough of his stuff, but he did like softcore and hardcore mm-hmm. stuff. And um, his softcore movies are pretty great. And I've only seen one of his hardcore movies, which was really good, but not as good as um, the other ones. But uh, it's called Attraction from the late 60s. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much like the cousin to uh, Deadly Sweet. <laughs> Except, what if if it's even more artsy? And, like, I kind of love that it's more artsy and more political. But it's kind of like... Like, I can't tell if he's genuinely, like, uh, like trying to be, like... Uh, if he's genuinely political or he's just trying to play on a trend. But either way, it's, like, mm-hmm. a really fascinating, cool little, like, piece of, uh, like, 1960s pop art. Okay. I'll have to look for that one. And, for sure. It should still be on there. I watched it yesterday. Okay. Attraction. And, uh, All right. Um, it had the Italian titles, like, you can just look up Tinto Brass Attraction. You, you'll see mm-hmm. the Italian title. Okay. <clears throat> All right. And, uh, where is it? Where is it? Okay, so. Uh, oh, and Joel and I will do the compare and contrast thing probably uh, spoiler alert we're recording this out of order <laughs> and the first half of this series is the young girls of Rochefort Ro- 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 I guess they, I don't know the, the Jacques Demy movie mm-hmm. uh, the one where with the Catherine and her sister where like her sister died after it came out hmm. or during I can't remember what exactly happened but we'll we'll talk uh, uh talk about um the comparison points uh, in that one, or it would have by this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay, so 1967 was kind of a big year. It was. I always fucking, I always fucking say it's always a big year. <laughs> but, uh, I I don't have that much from the year. I just have a book and uh, two movies. Okay. Uh, you can go first. Oh, well, yeah, there's... Uh, 1967 was indeed a big year. <laughs> um, 
especially in film, you know, like you have like a, a lot of uh, uh, really in popular things like The Graduate came out in 67, um, Cool Hand Luke, you know, things like that came out in 67. But um, I think my favorites are Valley of the Dolls and Playtime, Jacques Tati's Playtime. Or my my two picks oh my. from 1967. The playtime is wonderful. Yes, yes, I love it. I really do. Um, it's that that character is obviously such an influence on Mr. Bean. <laughs> so if if you're into um, that kind of absurd, um, just kind of. Uh, dummy comedy you should watch playtime there's much more to it than that but like his character is, is really funny and uh there's a there's a lot of uh cool visuals too i said that with a wink yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh the i thought the screenwriter actress died john claude something um, he the, the uh, never mind. He did not write that Jacques Tati movie, <laughs> but uh, the he did a Jacques Tati movie, and he did a bunch of uh, the the late era Boonwell stuff. Uh-huh. And we don't have to talk about him. We'll talk about him later. I thought it was playtime. Oh, okay. Let's see. Um, that actress playtime and uh. The Patty Duke movie. I forgot the name of it. Uh, Valley of Dolls. Yeah, Valley of Dolls. Okay. Uh, mine is first a book. Uh, I'm trying to include more more book recommendations. Okay. Uh, the first um, Philip K. Dick book I ever read, The Zap Gun, which uh, is a deep cut uh, for Philip K. Dick. For a reason, it's not one you start with. It's just like jumping in and jumping in deep end of the pool, which uh, got me fascinated because I did not fully get it. It's not his easiest or, or or accessible. But if you're into like this type of science fiction, mm-hmm. uh, then by all means read it. And uh, it's one that I really hope will get adapted one day because it's really funny. It has this like great a sense of like absurdist humor to it mm-hmm. and uh like it'd make a good mini series because it's very convoluted to a fault which is probably <laughs> the biggest issue with it but uh felpkin dick is one of my favorite writers period yeah and uh yeah zap gun is not talked about that much and i i understand why it's one of the, it's mid uh, i'd say mid to low tier but it's still it's a really uh, strange book. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I Am Curious Yellow, which is like a political art film from mm-hmm. Sweden. And there's a counter movie, I Am Curious Blue, mm-hmm. which I'm not really smart enough to uh, like really do a concise explanation of what it is. But like it's <laughs> a sp- uh, these like cool uh, like youth like uh art uh youth art films from this 
what was that guy's name? Can't remember the director's name, but uh, I can add it in later once I figure out what it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God damn it, that's gonna annoy fuck out of me. <laughs> but uh, the movie I was trying to remember was Eros Plus Massacre by Yoshishige Yoshida. Yeah, I'm Curious Yellow. Uh, um, I don't know. Give it a chance. It's it's. Uh, I don't know, it, it really affected me, even though, like, I can't really talk about it in detail. Mm-hmm. The other movie is uh, The Presence Analysis. Analysis? Yeah, The Presence Analysis, which is like a political farce movie from the time, uh, starring one of my favorite actors mm-hmm. uh, ever, Godfrey Cambridge, in one of the few movies he did, because he had a heart attack a couple of years later in uh-huh. the mid seventies on set while he in a movie where where he played Idi Amin, which oh, cool. I really would fucking love to see whatever that was gonna be. But it's uh James Coburn, it becomes a presence analysis analysis that's a hard word to say. And <laughs> he gets embroiled in like government conspiracy and it feels very relevant to today. In certain ways, and it's like this goofy, fun movie that, in some ways, it feels pretty modern. Mm-hmm. Uh, with like who the villain turns out to be, and it's like, oh, this is kind of uh, <laughs> kind of turned out to be true, and cert- uh, a little more true than uh, I anticipated. But it's really funny. Uh, Godfrey Cambridge is hilarious. Uh, uh, it's easily available. It, it's out. It's out there. I highly recommend it. Yeah. And uh, uh, I uh, this comes out in April, so yes, this is April. So the special episode this month is Lucio Fulci special. It's Stephanie Crawford, and uh, has not been recorded yet. But I know Joel will be disgusted by at least one of the movies we talk about. <laughs> but, uh, Rightfully so. But <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, LB, uh, where okay. can people find you, uh, podcast appearances, I don't know, whatever is coming up in April? <laughs> in uh. April. Um, well, uh, I'm always around, uh, on, on the internet. Um, you can go to grumpire.com. It's, it's, uh, my website. Um, we have film writing, we have a podcast, you know, um, we do, um, music stuff on Fridays like we make a, a a playlist or we have music recommendations um yeah just just go to grumpire.com you can see everything that I do there uh I also have a podcast that we haven't um had an episode in a while just because life gets in the way sometimes you know but uh I'm hoping to bring it back very soon if uh, if not before April then hopefully sometime this summer um that's called get a clue it's a podcast about um the life and career of actor clue Gulliger, who um has a crazy amount of of talent <laughs> so um yeah horror fans love clue um so I, i'm hoping to get that um, going again pretty soon. So, uh, but, uh, in the meantime, yeah, go to grumpire.com. You can see, um, 
I'm the editor there. There's, uh, I have a lot of really talented people who contribute great stuff. So, uh, that's, that's it basically. All right. I highly recommend the site. Uh, you did a great piece on daisies. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I'm, I, I'm biased because daisies is one of my favorite movies ever. I watch it probably five times a year. Wow. Yeah. Least. Uh, yeah, it's been the average for like the past two or three years. Right. I wrote, uh, but, uh, I wrote about how daisies uh, was a punk rock movie. We have a column, um, called, uh, pump up the column uh it's all about like finding the punk in movies that aren't traditionally considered punk you know so we're not going to be writing about like you know um what? high school yeah <laughs> or i was gonna say jubilee or some shit like that but like yeah stuff that meet like, me in st louis <laughs> right so it, it's it's about you know finding the really like why these movies could be considered like really really punk rock like someone uh uh wrote an article about how sunset boulevard is a punk rock movie um so you know it's stuff like that so anyway that that's uh that's where daisies fell into my my brain punk rock okay and you organically banished the work in ddlg porn (laughs) yes i did do it i did (laughs) which at Rena, I was like, did not see that one coming, <laughs> and <laughs> you justified it uh, very well. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> we we also uh, we along those lines, we also have a column called Weird Boners. So, um, there's that. <laughs> that that like weird like movies that. Wait, never mind. What, what is that? <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, well, it's... Um, have you seen the movie Singapore Sling? The um, uh, 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 Nicolaitis... Uh, Nico Nicolaitis movie? I know the name and that's... Oh, okay. Of it. It's a really weird movie that, like... Um, it's, it's sort of a film noir, I guess. Uh, it's like a bizarre love letter to Otto Priminger's Laura. And so it's like a a sequel in a way, like it's definitely not a sequel, but like it has the, it has some things to do with Laura. Um, But it's, it's a mother and daughter who um, this detective comes by their house and he's injured. So they take care of him, but like the mother and daughter are like very um, weird and, um, sexual and there's possibly incest going oh. on and they oh. they like so it's like uh so like girly the yeah yeah kind, kind of but it's it's really weird and kind of gross like there's a lot of like um fetish stuff happening um but uh anyway what <laughs> The reason I bring it up is because the the inspiration for the weird boners comes from Singapore Sling because like as you're watching it like it, no matter like whatever they're doing that's disgusting like there's like a scene um, where they do a lot of like binging and purging and then like um, the the puking is like part of the sex too you know so there's stuff like that that's really gross but there's also like um, other things 
that are taboo yet like you're watching it and you're like wow this is actually really turning me on <laughs> so um mm-hmm. even like you know in a, a normal sort of way um so uh but it makes you feel weird like you're conflicted like like why is this turning me on so that's kind of the inspiration for the weird boners however um <laughs> not everything in weird boners has to be that like it's, it's just kind of like um if something like turns you on in this kind of like psychosexual way like you can write about it without being disgusting but <laughs> I, I don't know if i explained that very well <laughs> i i get the spirit of what you're talking okay. about um the the very first um uh entry for weird boners on the site is about blue velvet so like in and the writer talks about how david lynch turned him into a pervert so like hmm. like that's that's the the spirit of the weird boner i guess uh, uh never mind i've got to reveal too much i'll say it off record <laughs> okay uh, <laughs> all right uh for me uh i don't know read my uh site jailhouse 701 japanese cult cinema um something might be on there something might not something might not be on there but i have <laughs> Like 50 reviews on there already over the past few years. So, you know, there's a Reiko piece on Reiko Ika and her brief career as a review of Birth City, which just came out on Blu ray. Mm-hmm. And there's a review for Meatball Machine, which is coming out on Blu ray. So, oh, the, know, oh that's why people are talking about Meatball Machine. I, I think so. Okay. Because uh, I was like, why is suddenly everyone talking about Meatball Machine? <laughs> okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, and I, uh, you know, I cover everything from, like, 1940s, like, post-war dramas to, like, Japanese gore films. Mm. If it's, uh, basically, if it's not a super famous, um, Japanese film, then it counts. So, like, no no Battle Royale, because that's that's been done to death. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, yeah, and then my African history uh, site red black and green mm-hmm. uh celebration of african history uh you know there's stuff on there there might be more by this time i don't know it research takes a long time yeah and i've and like look right about movies there's one thing right about history is like oh i actually need to take notes and make sure yeah. I, I don't get things wrong <laughs> yeah you don't want to you don't want to fuck that up especially um writing about african history like uh, i i can imagine because um I'll, in america like that's not exactly something that we study too often so like oh no yeah so like i <laughs> you have a giant responsibility sir um uh, yeah yeah but I, mean, I i've i have like over like 60 books on it yeah I collected over like the past eight years so it's like i i i need a use for these books for, some, for yeah. something and like why not do this and uh it's and now i realize oh this is it's a lot than i it's realized a lot, it's a lot of work well i commend you like i think it's fantastic like um yeah i it's really great so um i appreciate you putting in that work oh thank you yeah um, what else comes up right now? Um, uh, maybe I'll be on Movies from Hell again. Talk about Sarah Jacobson. Oh, maybe not. I I told well, I, well, 
I don't care if Bradley hears this. <laughs> I told him I will only do that if we can get a a, a woman on episode because it's Sarah Jacobson. Uh huh. And just just straight dudes talking about it isn't right. <laughs> it's the uh, you should not do that with, with Sarah Jacobson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Most things are fine, but that's a topic of like no, it, it, it can't just be straight dudes talking about it. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> It's not. It's not what Sarah would want. <laughs> yeah. Um. I. I mean. I don't. I don't really mind. Um. Dudes talking. Dudes talking like, about girl stuff. But like I. It. I. I think it would. Uh, it would do Sarah better if there. If there was a woman with you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd, so hopefully. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and there's a non-exploitation episode uh-huh. in the works too. Uh, on Dark Habits, my favorite Almodovar movie. Okay. Uh, Flavia, the hair. Wait, Flavia? Yeah, the heretic and. Uh, what's the other one? I th- there's a, like a third one, I can't remember. But uh, maybe those will be out. I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand Bradley's scheduling. <laughs> I don't. I don't really either. I think Andrew and I are supposed to be on another um, 26 movies from hell. Um, just coming up. Sometime, uh, I think we're we're doing the letter W. Oh, so um, we're not going to be doing the Oliver Stone movie W, though. I'm sure. <laughs> well, uh, I never saw it, so I don't know if that's good or bad. It's um, it's you don't fine. you don't need to see it. <laughs> okay. You can pass that oh, one. Yeah, it's th- okay. I mean, it's. I remember. Th- I remember a third movie. It's School of the Holy Beast. Oh, okay. Uh, the f- uh, directed by Fumio, no Norifumi uh, Suzuki, mm-hmm. who was kind of a creep. If you read my art piece on Reiko Ika, you realize, oh, he's kind of a lecherous creep. He made great movies, but mm. uh, not a great person. Mm. At least in my opinion, he's not. He was not a good person. Okay. But he's dead now, so you can watch his movies guilt free. <laughs> okay. Is that how it works? <laughs> Once they die, you're okay. <laughs> uh, no, I still watch. I still watch Roland Polanski movies. Yeah, you know, I don't. Which I think I would. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah. I yeah. I don't really have too much of a problem these days, like separating art from artist. Um, so I, I'm pretty much up for watching anything, um, because especially when like you're not giving money directly to that person, like you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy concert tickets to see some like racist artist or anything like I wouldn't like give them my money but like um you can you can watch Repulsion who cares <laughs> you know like yeah watch watch a tenant which has yeah. the worst um tagline to any movie uh, uh no one gets you like Roman Polanski oh my god really and it was right right before the shit hit the fan it's like oh, oh no oh my god really <laughs> the movie the movie is amazing but it's like ugh <laughs> that 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 aged very poorly <laughs> oh man oh god the 60s okay uh, that was the 70s well no but, well but I was just was thinking like, he, like all this crap yeah, that yeah. happened in the 60s that like led to him but, uh, whatever anyway we don't have to get in that yeah, i mean it, <laughs> yeah yeah he, it, it's known he 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 was like that before okay 
at least, at least according to uh, the what fuck was that? Uh, Raging Bulls, ED writers alleges that he is known. He is already kind of a creep. Uh, okay. Although that book is bullshit for the most part, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so you will be back for the next. Your next episode of the five is Daughters of Darkness Ooh. with f- friend of the show Megan Sunday, which will be a super fun episode. And I don't know if she'll be. Hopefully, she'll be on that one. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm really, really am looking forward to to that one. Okay. Because I uh, I I love it, but at the same time, I don't know how to talk about it. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> all right. Okay, uh, this has been going on uh, long enough. Uh, so, uh, this, the, I don't know, listen to the podcast more. Be smart. Don't do dumb shit. Yeah. You know, that stuff. Yeah. Don't do dumb shit. The show can be found on Twitter at Piano Player Pod. Our email is still highlowpod at gmail.com. You can find a show on Spotify, Podbean, and at various other places where you can find podcasts. Our intro music is by Vivian Fop, and our cover art is by Sarah Roberts. You can find her art, sarahkathleenroberts.com. And thank you for listening.